Adolf Hitler was a handsome devil. It is a fact obscured by a half-century of reckless caricature. His tenacious ball-peen chin lathed into a pusillanimous nub, his modest nose protracted to a frankfurter proboscis, his imperial cranium inflated with hot air. Distortions like these muddle objective autopsies. Hitler, take my word for it, was not lumpish. The brash asymmetry of his jaw suggested a brawler's grit. His eyes were the passionate azure of a revolutionary. His ears were elfin, the one tell of his artist's disposition. Had der Führer's passions been channeled into pursuits more, shall we say, romantic, his scowl would have been one destined for T-shirts. My dearest, dutiful, patient reader might be reading this one hundred, one thousand, one million years into the future, yet still I feel you cringe at the possibility that your Zebi has gone anti-Semite. Oh, darling worrier, you paint my disdain with too meager a brush. You should know by now that I am anti-human, certain to my corroded core that our species, Jew to Gentile, true blue to hateful, and black to tan, deserves extinction. I, our worst specimen, would volunteer to go first, if only God, with a slashed O, that waggish hangman, would let me hang. Let me try to resist aggrandizement. I admit to being oblivious to Hitler's magnetism when a mousy member of a clandestine arm of the U.S. government removed the dictator's photo from a dossier marked J1121 and asked me if I could identify him. If you have tracked my insipid saga this many pages, reader, you will be unruffled to learn that by January 1942, I found myself in the cold custody of Uncle Sam. After having flopped from the ocean grave of sweet, bitter, bittersweet Margot, I'd taken the gee-whiz counsel of the young buck who'd rescued me, and, after slapping down sand-crusted dollars for a set of clean clothes, had slunk, paranoid and fearful, to the Army Recruiting Center in Malibu. Not two days had passed since I'd killed a drug dealer named Sandy, plus an inexact number of his goons, while rescuing my morphine-addled daughter, Merle. The quicker I could be shipped off to foreign shores, the better. But the lax white flesh that usually provoked the living to ignore me drew scrutiny when I queued among healthy young men with dazzling Southern California tans. I avoided their glares by studying the cheery banners, smack the Japs, give the Huns hell, until I was called to sit opposite a recruiter. Rotten luck. His suspicions stunk like sewage, Sadness and regret over Margot's death rendered me a careless stammerer, and, without thinking, I supplied my real name. He promptly excused himself and whistled for assistance, and before I could skedaddle, a posse of MPs had pinched me, and off to the local jail I was lugged. They were not my first cell doors, and yet they made me afraid, both of a long, centuries-long, incarceration, 
and of the guinea pig procedures to which I might be subject by hot to trot medicos. Concurrently, I knew that embracing fright was the only option. You gotta have fear in your heart had been Luca Testa's reverberant reminder that fear, for myself, yes, but more powerfully for select others, was the single taut rope to humanity from which I dangled. In that holding cell, I feared, and fiercely, my friend, fiercely. Shock, however, became the emotion du jour when I was brought before interrogators, government clowns in tailored suits, and saw that they had a file on me, and goodness, was it a brick. With horror, I watched them pass around such artifacts as a blurry group photo of my beloved 7th Marine Regiment in a French trench, and magazine pages detailing my parasitic fastening to the arm of Bridie Valentine, grotesque grandstanding I ought never have done. Each flash of image was a pounded nail. Please, was all I could say. Say? No, beg. Please, put it away. Their questions, however, were more cagey than accusatory. Who else knew the truth about me? Why had I been enlisting? What were my political affiliations? Easy queries to satisfy, but for once I kept my cold lips sewed shut. As reward, I was stripped, photographed from every angle, including ones emphasizing my peckerless groin, showered, deloused, decked in prison stripes, and robbed of my every possession, right down to the Excelsior pocket watch, surrogate heart of my dearest departed Wilma Sue.